Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Ceasefire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 218, and today we'll be giving thanks for more Steven Universe. I'm GC13. And I'm David. Oh, now what do you mean more Steven Universe, GC? I thought we were in the worst drought of the show yet. I mean, maybe we are, maybe we aren't. We won't really know if it's the worst drought until it's over now, will we? <laughs> yes, okay, we haven't hit number one yet, but it's pretty bad. And yet, there's still been a few things to be thankful for this year, right? Oh, <laughs> yes, this has been a big year for the show. I mean, let's just let's just get item number one out of the way right now. I am thankful that the rose quartz equals pink diamond theory was finally directly addressed by the show, and I'm even more thankful that I was right. Yes, <laughs> you got the theory right, and I was not right on that, which <laughs> I was a little bummed that, um, well, I don't know. I was on the Rose train, it's Pink Diamond train for a while, but you were always the OG, and so, yeah, wish fulfillment is a pretty big thing to be thankful for, I guess. I'm just thankful that it was answered. <laughs> yeah, it being answered was, uh, I mean, that, that's one fandom war that we have over now. And I mean, it, it was a it was a really good episode, too. But now people have been going back and discovering all of the foreshadowing that people were pointing out and other foreshadowing that we didn't even think to mention. Yeah, the series is definitely coming together to look like a comprehensive whole. And so, you know, Rose Pink Diamond being revealed is a pretty big deal. And there, ac- there actually are people out there who think that they 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 added they penciled that in after the fact. No, no, they did not. No, I mean it was one of the earliest things. Um, but yeah, just this uh, the fact that Rose has been exposed, and now that we've kind of had all the diamonds been revealed, we've really played all the cards that we know about this series. Even Lion has been just about revealed, and I'm thankful for that as well. That we finally understand that Lion is not a piece of Rose Quartz. It's not a weird corrupted gem. It's just it's just lion. Like well, I guess technically that was last year because the Lars's head did air a bit before Thanksgiving. Oh, okay, a lot before Thanksgiving, actually. Well, that's what the gaps do in my mind. <laughs> How many episodes have actually aired this year? Everything's well uh, in 2018. Everything since Lars of the Stars, but we did have Dewey wins up until Kevin Party that were after Thanksgiving last year. Okay. My timeline is slightly skewed. So we've known about... That's crazy how we've known about Lion now for over a year. A year But and in a the half. meantime, we've had Rose come in. We've had White Diamond come in. And, you know, we've even seen part of the cluster form, which was a big wishful fulfillment for me ever since I saw its <laughs> true form in the art book. That was... Okay. Now, the cluster arm wrestling Yellow Diamond's handship was a wish fulfillment for a wish I never knew I had. So I'm just <laughs> going to throw in super thankful for that. Yeah, I don't know how much more of the cluster we see now, but it's really cool that we got that far. And also just it's hilarious how Steven Universe comes up with ways to show conflict instead of just fighting, you know? Oh, that would be so cool having a high stakes poker game for the fate of the Earth. I, <laughs> However, it finally goes down between the crystal gems and whatever biggest bad there is in the show, uh, it's not going to be through punches. It's definitely going to be through something 
potentially ridiculous. I mean, this is a highly ritualized society that had a lot of arena battles, right? Like, that might be a thing. Like, just plain poker or something at the end of the series. Uh, the most honorable form of combat. Do you wish to engage in combat? Well, you know, it's been a long time since we've seen Hollow Pearl. That is a not thankful thing that I'm not thankful for. We have uh, not seen Hollow Pearls in a long time. Or really, uh, there have been very few excuses. Well, I say that. There haven't been that few excuses for the gems to show off their extraneous powers because we had a fight against Blue Diamond, but I guess Pearl didn't decide to use any Hollow Pearls and... Really, everyone just decided to stand in place shooting projectiles, but, you know. Oh well. Yeah, maybe maybe not the most vigorous fight. Let's see, what else am I thankful for? Oh, I'm, I'm, we've been covering it every month. I'm definitely thankful for the Harmony comic miniseries, and I'm thankful for the announcement of the movie as well. The teaser trailer was also really good. Well, even on that, I'm glad that the podcast has been kept up regularly ever since we got introduced that. Maybe even, has that already been two years? Maybe that's just a year and a half old. But the podcast, along with the with the comics, have helped fill in this gap of when there's no episodes airing. I'm glad that they've been giving us lots of non-show stuff, especially since the show is maybe a little bit harder to come by than it was in earlier years. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... So some of the things they're doing to keep that up, like the podcast is great insight, especially since the first season Blu-ray. Oh, wait, no, just first season DVD came out and had no commentary on it. Uh, We kind of have a free way to hear all all of their thoughts instead. Additionally, like San Diego Comic-Con, still good. I'm kind of glad as someone who also like is deeply into like the video game world and like anticipates E3 every year. I really (laughs) anticipate San Diego Comic-Con just to see what the Steven Universe announcements are. And this year was great with the movie announcement. However, I remembered that it's been a year still since we saw Escapism at New York Comic-Con. And I am, that is on my not thankful list. I am not thankful that it has been over here since we saw a song introduced and it hasn't been aired. That is driving me crazy. That might be the longest time of a gap for song information we've had. I mean, at the very least, you could be thankful that you're learning a lot of patience from your (laughs) fandom. Oh, I am learning some kind of patience or Hmm. tactics to deal with the pain. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. I'm thankful for the addition of Sadie Killer and the suspects. I mean... Sadie leaving the Big Donut was scary for her. It's scary for us, but I love what they've done with her. I really like the unique uh, sort of genre of music they put her in and how well that has fit with what we've known about Sadie throughout the show. Like that is a really fulfilling form of development, I think. I mean, yeah, they planted the seed for that back in Horror Club where she's like, oh, I uh, this cut of Evil Bear too. You can, you can see Evil Bear eat the hermit's leg. You know, she, she knows. She's impressed that Ronaldo has a copy. Yeah, so that's the kind of like character development long game that's kind of satisfying to see happen in the show and also ties in with so many ways, including even making Greg's wealth important. Anytime Greg's wealth is important mm-hmm. is hilarious to me. And so I'm just glad that, you know, even the band. Well, and that's how well integrated it is. Not only is the money useful from Greg, but even Greg's musical experience, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's a better manager than Marty ever could have been. Absolutely. I, I I do like this is branching off from thanks into hope, but I, I do <laughs> hope that 
he and Marty cross paths in the manager world. Like, that has to happen, right? I, yeah, I, well, old Farty Marty may have a place in the show again. Although, uh, you know, it, Steven Universe doesn't tend to linger too long on the characters it dislikes. Because we haven't really seen the return of Kevin either. I, I don't know where Marty would fit in. Because he doesn't have a check to give to Greg anymore. And he really has no reason to be involved in Sour Cream's life. Yeah. But maybe they can, uh, they could cross roads because of Sadie's interaction. And of course, yeah, exactly. Sour Cream's in the band, so... They could be both trying to book the same venue, or maybe both have a band at the same show. I mean, there there are a few different ways that, you know, at their music managing could get them to cross paths. Maybe maybe Marty has to come crawling to Greg. Can, can you please get Sadie Killer and the Suspects to open for my band, because no one's going to come see them otherwise? Completely tangentially from talking about Sadie Killer and the Suspects, I am thankful that the soundtrack has continued to been expanded upon through apple music and spotify and such with the release of like ruby rider and the (laughs) weirdly longly named for just one day let's only think about song i think that's cool that they're keeping up with the singles i am hopeful that they eventually release the ivy and sarashi music because i really like that and i would listen to all the background tracks all the time when i'm doing work that would be so nice Yeah, I'd definitely be giving thanks for a full instrumental soundtrack. Yeah, you know, what a great holiday surprise that Cartoon Network could land on us if they released that um, as, you know, a sort of patient treat while we wait. (laughs) While we wait. Wait for whatever's next. Yeah. Ah, But yeah, Ruby Rider. Love that song. Thankful for Ruby Rider. Yeah, really surprising. I wasn't expecting to love Charlene Yee's voice as much as I did there. I I think I brought it up when we talked about the episode the first time, but I was like surprised how well Ruby's voice fit within like a south southwestern cowboy song. It's super weird, but like she just nailed it. So I reckon I reckon I I am thankful that the Save the Light video game came out on Switch this year, even though it came out digitally and on PS4 like a year more than a year ago. I haven't gotten to pick it up yet, but I think it's only 15 bucks and I kind of waited because it apparently reviewers were saying it was like marred by game breaking bugs originally, but otherwise that the gameplay is great and I'm a huge Paper Mario fan and so I really want to see that storyline, but I am thankful that that finally made it to all the major consoles. Yeah, I mean it it deserved it. I'm thankful that we had the episode pool hopping to kind of finally, you know, answer some lingering questions about how come Garnet's future vision is both amazing and not that great at all. <laughs> and they finally they finally put in an explanation because Steven is a confusing little boy. <laughs> well, I'm thankful that the okay KO episode crossover nexus was even able to further clarify for us that Garnet has to wear her visor as prescription lenses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so she can see. I think that was really the clarification that we were waiting for, for future vision, so. The deepest of lore. Although you did mention uh, shows other than Stephen Universe. Now, OKKO did come out before Thanksgiving last year, but I'm sure that a lot of fans of Stephen Universe will be thankful for the direction it took this year. It's been doing a lot more story arcing lately, especially its latest episodes with the point prep arc. Yeah, the point prep arc is awesome. Also, 
it has had so many great experimental episodes from, well, I can't remember what the one is where he pretty much realizes he's in a cartoon and he meets with that one character, Jenny or something. It's like, that was really excellent. And also the show continues to just really push the creativity of its entire storyboarding team. I I just really love the style of that show uh, in a way that Steven Universe just can't ever be because people already complain about the character models. And if they stretch the way they did in OKKO, I think the fans will lose their minds. But I really love that OKKO can have that flexibility. And man, the arcs between the continuum of building on shadowy figure and like, who TKO, what his nature really is, is cool. And I loved the reveal of Enid as a witch, not just a ninja. And, you know, she's a winja. <laughs> like, all that has been really great. I think we're kind of due for a Radicles little more backstory soon, but... Yeah, maybe. But the Steven Universe extended family of shows got bigger this year with Craig of the Creek by Matt Burdett and Ben Levin. Joining the Cartoon Network team. Really quality stuff, especially since, you know, I mentioned it before, but I was a huge fan of Hey Arnold back in the day. I was really excited when Nickelodeon finally released its movie in the past year or so. And so having a show like Craig of the Creek on just seemed like kids' lives represented that way is super awesome. Uh, just wandering the neighborhood and the and the creek is cool. And just all the interactions. There's just such a varied cast of characters that's constantly rotating out sometimes there's even doppelgangers of our existing characters living (laughs) out their lives when uh, the main characters are gone uh it's awesome yep and uh we even did have some steven universe storyboarders do a bit of work on craig of the creek so you know the the gang the gang's all there (laughs) just a little bit of work not too much it's mostly matt and ben's thing I, i i'm also thankful that they brought back who are now known as the Elders of the Creek. Uh, I'm I'm glad they brought back their their old characters and put them into the show. That was that was delightful to see. Yeah, what a better self-insert than uh something like Powerpuff Girls where you just insert yourself into the show to uh, you know, fawn over your characters. <laughs> what what a better way to represent things in a show. Yes, I'm thankful for the tastefulness. <laughs> you know, as the Uber nerds who are way too old to be hanging out with those kids at the creek, but do it anyway. <laughs> what do you mean you don't take Bitcoin? <laughs> Classic. I have that problem everywhere. It's crazy. I'm, I'm thankful for the return. Ever so slight and ever so marred by the wrong names of Beach City Underground in Letters to Lars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they have uh, not kept up with the canon of Beach City Underground that well. I mean, they didn't do it just when Tiger Millionaire even returned. They kind of forgot that they were supposed to mention that it was ongoing <laughs> in the hundred episodes that passed between for, for For all we know, there was some huge storyline reason where Concrete Heat and Chunk Truck switched names and we just completely missed that Beach City Underground storyline. So, like, I guess the only thing they can do at this point is to make a spinoff series that, among other things, explains how that happened. I think it's all tied in with the Ocean Town Massacre. It's all it's all one thing. Must have been. Yeah. It was an inside job, I'll bet. But Brothers Construction did Ocean Town so that they could rebuild it. <laughs> that's that's deep state stuff right there. Wow. Okay, and since, uh, since I'm talking about things coming back on Steven Universe, I am super happy to have Bismuth back. I mean, fan favorite, am I right? 
Yes, I really would be completely fine with spending some time on Earth. Even though we just saw Steven captured in space, I wouldn't be too surprised if the next episode we immediately just start with Bismuth back on Earth. Um, I was really waiting for her to be integrated in the cast. I'd be astonished since, you know, Steven's not on Earth to see it. Well, but he does have that sneaky little ability to... I mean, since he's kind of like stuck in space in that room, maybe he could uh, do some mind wandering to some friends. He could dream his way back to Earth. Yeah, dream himself into, um, let's say Buck's body. Well, don't forget, this kid can just like inhabit like food. So like, you know, if Connie's just eating something, he could just, you know, wake up in it, right? Well, yeah, okay, he did lick it, so. He'd have to, he'd have to puppet pumpkin. Yeah, wait, now, do you think, I guess Steven's powers can't really transfer. If there was a situation where Steven could have somehow remotely spit on things, that would be super helpful. <laughs> Like, for instance, <laughs> threw Lars's head out of Lion's mane onto food, such that if Connie was with Lion and then Lion bent over her food, this is a thing. I think this could really work out, honestly. Portal spit. Okay. <laughs> I, I want to see the... That's my next biggest wish, right? I want to see the sci-fi limits of this show pushed. I was way too tantalized by the gravity engine and seeing how that worked back when we were first introduced to that, maybe even two years ago now. I want to see Steven Universe push itself again on the sci-fi element, not just the fantasy element of its show. And I think that starts with however the heck Lion's crazy portal works. Hmm. I don't know. I'm happy with the... I think they've gone very far with the sci-fi aesthetic already. I really, I was really digging the fantasy aesthetic that the series started with. Well, it did give that sense of mystery a lot better. Once everything starts becoming science-y, it starts feeling less mysterious, less ancient, less mixing of organic and and uh magic but yeah i mean i guess it makes more sense that you know as the stuff starts to become more explainable to steven it becomes more sci-fi-ish but also at some level i want to see the magic push too i mean so it's really not even necessarily like it's not like it has to be science in any way we understand like portals are as much magic as they are science like we haven't seen gem tech pushed in any interesting way since like uh, to me, like, I, that's why I love the gem mutants. They're that really fascinating, like, yeah, it's kind of science gone wrong and science gone unethical. But it's also like this weird freakish idea of magic, of beings with their sentience fused together <laughs> against their will. Like, Yeah, I mean, just, just the word chimera. Ugh. Ugh. Full metal alchemist. Ugh. Exactly. moving on to things i'm thankful for not (laughs) things that i never want to think about again the episode just the whole episode jungle moon just just jungle moon yes aliens aliens we saw aliens on steven universe i mean okay i'm overdoing that point because we've literally seen aliens since day one of the show bird blob my old friend but this is something totally new it was something i was waiting to see is there other organic life in the universe, in Steven's universe? And the answer is yes, which is crazy. You being excited for seeing aliens is like uh, us being excited for seeing a fusion, Opal. It's like, well, I mean, technically Opal wasn't the first fusion, but she's the first fusion we, like, thought of as a fusion. Yeah. So, you know, this show kind of messes us with us in that way. But also, it kind of bothered me that Stevani was just totally okay with murdering the first bit of life that they saw. On the planet. Didn't seem very okay, steven like, of that me, was, but... That was totally coming at them. That was very self-defense. And they even had it be completely fine 
Just just because of reasons. Right, I guess it did end up fine. But Stefani did eat something on the planet that was meaty, if I remember, not just plant-based. They they ate that thing that came at them. Yeah. And then but but then you you saw like the you know, trying to eat somebody in cold blood, baby bird blob. It's like that was much more troubling for Stefani. <laughs> Steven didn't want to do it, and Connie's like, Come on, Steven, protein. <laughs> Obviously, this is healthy for us to eat because, you you know, I watch science fiction and they never have trouble on those shows. <laughs> no. Yeah, they're really lucky that there just seems to be abundant oxygen everywhere. You know, if I could be... Uh... Steven probably just has the iron stomach. <laughs> yeah. If I could be thankful for the characters on the show, I'm thankful for oxygen. Oxygen being where all the gem stuff is and on every planet they happen to be on. It's really convenient for them. And even in space, apparently. Yeah, I mean, I'll bet Stephen's really thankful for the prevalence of oxygen. Yes, aren't we all? I suppose. <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> well, I've gone through the, the big things that I wanted to say I was thankful for. I will say it is satisfying that the Diamond Authority, that the symbol that we saw so many years ago, now actually has faces to it. And uh, But even further than that, we've seen like all the pearls now. So my future thankful note uh, as we head into 2019 would be even more than the Diamond Authority or any of that story. I want to know a whole lot more about the pearls. And I would be thankful to learn more about white pearl and blue pearl and yellow pearl and just... Anything else about their lives? It'd be kind of neat. I mean, follow the diamond around. They do a lot of saluting. Probably open a door or two. Um, apparently, Yellow Yellow Pearl likes to take selfies sometimes. Thank you, Jungle Moon. <laughs> but yeah, just again, there there may not have been as many episodes as we've had in previous years, but we've had a lot of big ones this year. We've had a lot of big episodes. So there's a lot of plot developments and uh, other stuff to be thankful for. And that's what this episode was all about. And and some hope for the future. Future future Thanksgiving uh, of the year material. Yeah, I'm thankful that the dominoes that are placed now are really big. And when they fall, they're going to be, uh, they're going to send out really big shockwaves. Everything that happens in the show now is kind of uh, going to be a big deal. It'd be really hard for whatever happens to Steven in Space Next to be inconsequential. So... I'm thankful that we're at this point. I'm ready for a two-part episode about Stephen helping PD keep the tater tot truck going. <laughs> yep. I'm sure he'll be High consequence stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that'll be within the next five episode arc. I'm sure they'll quickly deal with, you know, healing everyone. He can wanted. summon the tater tot truck to Homeworld. These... These gems have never had tater tots before. He's he's going to have so much business. <laughs> uh, if White Diamond was actually just completely addicted to tater tots and the conflict was immediately resolved and the next <laughs> 25 episodes were about taking the tots across the galaxy. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to they're going to trick it out with space engines. They just fly it, fly it around like a like a tater tot truck through space. Connie's going to have to come with them, though, because Petey and Steven aren't old enough to drive on their own. New goal is if the Tatermobile has to fly. I refuse for the series to end <laughs> without the Tatermobile being decked out by Greg's money or by Peridot to be able to literally leave the planet to sell tots. I mean, it's, it's the ending that I think the show's always been building towards. <laughs> it began with a loss of one food on Earth, 
and it's going to end with the gaining of another food throughout the cosmos. Perfectly balanced. Balance in all things. Anyway, guys, that's been us giving thanks for this year of Steven Universe. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Uh, Don't forget to leave us a review with your thanks on iTunes. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.